Welcome to the works. I'm Ben Peltier. And I'm Ben Che. The movable feasts of Art Basel Hong Kong and Art Central may be over, but there's still plenty going on. In just a moment, a quick look at two art events still underway. In our studio, we'll be taking a little time with pianist Mary Wu to remember a man without whom few of the piano performances in Hong Kong or indeed on the works would have sounded as good. Our friend and piano tuner to the stars, Mr. Hui Kuan Yin, passed away last week at the age of 80. But first, across the harbor from Art Basel, Hong Kong, for the past two years, the Peninsula Hotel has also been inviting artists to exercise their inspiration on its facade. Last year, it was the venue for Tracy Emin's projected art. This year, thanks to British sculptor Richard Wilson, passers-by may feel a little uneasy as they look up. Well, the piece of work here at the Peninsula Hotel in Hong Kong is titled, Hang on a minute, lads, I've got a great idea, which is the last line in a British movie produced in the 60s titled The Italian Job. And it was that moment of the coach teetering on the edge which inspired me uh, to make a piece of work back in, I have to say, 2012. Born in London in 1953, Richard Wilson is one of Britain's most popular sculptors and installation artists. In 2012, Wilson's full-size replica coach first appeared on the edge of the roof of the De La War Pavilion in England's Bexhill-on-Sea. Three years later, the coach turns up in Hong Kong, precariously balancing over the facade of one of Hong Kong's most venerable hotels, installed in collaboration with the Royal Academy of Arts. Iconic building, iconic movie, that would all make sense. And the idea, the oddity. You know, if the coach was sort of down on the ground, it's a coach, but when you take a coach and you put it up on the roof of a building, it becomes a very different thing. I wanted to put something on the edge to animate the building in some way and turn the building into an event and make the building very memorable to people because of this incongruous situation, trying to put one thing against the other. It's a coach literally doing press-ups. By that I mean it's hydraulically driven and the rams push down and hence the coach tips up. And then a cycle mechanism, that means there's a timer on it, that talks to the hydraulic pump and it tells it to go on and off. It's in a random sequence, so the piece is kind of doing this in one cycle. So you don't really get the repetition from it. There's a structural daring with that, and I think that causes that slight sort of apprehension and worry. Richard Wilson has always liked transforming our vision and perception of architecture. In his 2050, first created in 1987, viewers can walk into the middle of a room flooded with recycled sump oil. It not only gives the illusion of the room being bigger inside than outside, but also turns half of it upside down in reflection. 
The work, bought by Charles Saatchi, has been installed in various places, but a version is currently on permanent display in London's Saatchi Gallery. Even without a trip to a gallery, travellers can see Richard Wilson's slipstream for free in Terminal 2 of London's Heathrow Airport. Created in 2013 and 18 metres long, it's the longest piece of permanent art and the largest privately funded sculpture in Europe. It has a viewership of 20 million a year. Wilson's love for deconstructing and playing with the appearance of architecture is particularly apparent in his work Turning the Place Over. And there are situations where I've made works like Turning the Place Over in Liverpool in 2008, where we literally took a circular section out of a building and allowed it to spin around. This was 26 ton of, of architecture turning on a spindle, turning the rules of architecture upside down. Um, in a physical sense, opening the building up so you not only see the outside, but you see the inside simultaneously. Very difficult thing to do with a, with a facade. As a sculptor, I play with voids, and I play with stuff, and I play with the material of architecture. It's a convenient thing for me, the, the constructed world. And what I'm trying to do, I suppose, in my work, my overall scheme in my work, the metaphor in the work, is to challenge the preconceptions we have of our world. And if I take architecture or a coach or whatever, and I tweak it in such a way that you, you go, oh my God, you know, what a surprise, I hadn't thought it would work like that. Then, then I've succeeded with my work. Inevitably, during Art Basel Hong Kong, local galleries and organizations put their best foot or feet forward. This year, coinciding with the event, Pearl Lamb Galleries opened a second space in Saing Poon to complement their main gallery in Central. The new space is particularly dedicated to promoting emerging artists. The subject of the first exhibition at the new gallery is Beijing-based artist and beekeeper Yan Yi. Yes, you did hear that right, beekeeper, and as bees are active collaborators.这次展览主题主要是人,就是我,作为一个艺术家,然后和蜜蜂的这样的一个interactive,这样的一个关系。Beijing-based artist Yan Yi took up beekeeping in 2006 before he began to use beeswax and honeycombs to create art pieces. Or 
媒介非常特殊重要，它可以使我艺术家的主体性，然后进行在一定程度上形成一个减弱。蜂蜡的好处就是，蜂蜡自身就有一个防腐的这样的一个作用，因为就是埃及就是从几千年前就是开始用蜂蜡，然后保存木乃伊，然后因为它的这个防腐的作用，它的难点就是它呃受温度的影响比较大，但是又是这种不稳定性使它非常有魅力，对它的这种可塑性。Yuansu Projects is a continuation of Yen Yi's Yuansu series. He says he wants to experience the comprehension of the gestalt of life through using beeswax as a medium. Yen Yi's solo exhibition is a first that Pearl Lam is presenting in her new gallery in Saiyingpun. The reason why I'm opening this space is I want to give a platform to show emerging artists. I need to have a platform. To show what is important for the future. From the first time when I want to have a main gallery, I want to be in Central. I'm from Hong Kong. I know the Central is the main business area. But for a younger gallery, uh, for a gallery for emerging artists, I thought I needed to have a more, much more hip and cool and cool area. And Saiyan Point is a developing area. I've been coming here. I mean, when I was young, I used to come here to buy that, those little cakes around, around, around the street. So when this space came out, I thought it was just the right area because there's several areas I didn't want to go. And this is the area you can walk here from my main gallery for 30 minutes. So I thought it's perfect. Pearl Lam sees the new gallery space as an extension of her commitment to nurturing emerging artists. She says the Chinese art market is currently growing very strong due to the country's booming economy, but she wants to focus on featuring the best art she can find, wherever in the world it comes from. When we have a gallery, when you have any exhibition space, you just want to show the best art. And I think in the West, they are getting very curious and they want to learn every other artist or other art culture other than the West. The same thing that, and that we are bringing a lot of international artists here, I have to say, Art is not about a nationality, nor it is about the age. So whether it is good art or bad art, it's just as simple as that.
Welcome back. Last week, on Tuesday the 24th of March, Hong Kong lost an artisan whose contribution to its musical world has been, even if behind the scenes, invaluable. For the last half century, Mr. Hui Kuan Yin, widely and appropriately known as Master Hui, has tuned pianos in local concert halls, theaters, and studios for both local and international performers. He also regularly kept the pianos in RTHK, including our own, always at their best. We will miss his skill, his passion, his professionalism, and his kindness. Pianist Mary Wu is talking to Ben Peltier. Mary Wu, it's a delight to have you here in the studio once again. Thank you, Ben. Uh, today, to talk about uh, Hoi Kuan Yin, who was the master piano tuner in Hong Kong for so many decades, in That's fact. That's right. Yes. What are some of the really, really uh, poignant memories or interesting stories you have of uh, Master Hoi? He was really unique. I mean, first of all, he had an incredible ear. And you know, we're completely dependent on a tuner. We can't do anything without one. Unlike, you know, the trombonists <laughs> and then uh, other winds players and percussionists and so on. So um, every time after he tuned, you feel that the piano is somehow harmonious. <laughs> and uh, also that it stayed in tune for quite a long time. Yes. Uh, Why do you think that is? Is, th is it something special about what he was doing? You know, I think he really had a genuine love for music altogether and what sounds were coming out of, of especially the piano. I believe he played the erhu before. I'm not very sure, but Chinese instrument. And I think it was from this love of sonorities that he had this unique uniqueness. And also not only uniqueness for being in tune, but each person had a sort of slightly you know, different interest because some people might want to hire a more piercing top, somewhat a very rich bass, and he would somehow remember when he tuned for you. So you always felt very safe and, and happy, especially when you felt nervous before concerts, you know. Well, this yeah. special relationship that <laughs> yeah. you've alluded to between the piano tuner and the pianist is one that happens behind the scenes, doesn't, doesn't it? Yes, and quite untold, isn't right. it? Yes, all the credit really should go to them. <laughs> yeah. um, over the years, he developed a reputation as uh, someone who could really solve problems or even help out in a disaster scenario. Can you share with us a couple of those stories? Indeed. Um, he would tell us stories, for instance, um, after a morning rehearsal with the orchestra, some of the visiting um, artists would be so... Uh, so unhappy about the piano and dissatisfied and said, oh, I'm not playing the, the concert tonight <laughs> unless this piano is being looked into again. So, you know, everybody would <laughs> scramble <laughs> and be very nervous and then they would call up the Husifu and he would say, okay, no problem. I'll come and try and solve it. And indeed, after he tuned, most of the pianists are just completely, you know, elated again and happy to stay and play the concerts. And there was a story about the uh, piano at one of the universities is a D-sized nine-foot grand Steinway and in the storeroom in the summer they forgot to turn on the aircon and you know that's disastrous in Hong Kong <laughs> so what happened was um, the lid of the piano got so swollen they couldn't even shut the piano for months 
So uh, we asked Hosifu what to do, and indeed he came and rescued the situation and said it must be kept in a 24-hour aircon room, must be kept in the concert hall instead of the storeroom, and it would take about four years for it to completely dry out. And indeed it did. <laughs> Well, let's hope that doesn't happen to our piano here <laughs> in the studio. Uh, speaking of our piano here, it hasn't been tuned by Master Hoy, uh, but we'd be delighted to have you play a tune for us. Uh, what would you like to play? I would like to play Chopin Prelude. And uh, indeed, it was tuned by Hosifu's nephew, right, Kevin, who's um, also as helpful as Hosifu. I think Hosifu also had a very unique personality because he helped a lot of people. Um, I heard from graduates of APA and when they didn't really have enough money, um, they were trying to find a grant to start a studio. And Hosifu would generously say, look, just take the piano, you know, do what you need with it and give him the money whenever you need. Yeah, maybe like years later. And he would do things like that. And so he touched a lot of people's lives. Yeah, so indeed. This um, work uh, that I chose is from uh, Opus 28 of Chopin. He wrote it, in fact, uh, when he was trying to recover from his tuberculosis. He was on the island in Spain, Valdemosa, with George Sand. And I think it's um, quite poignant that uh, in it, those are small snippets of how he was feeling and uh, what he was fighting with. So um, one prelude is very energetic, but perhaps full of anguish and struggle. And the other one is very consoling and peaceful. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you. <laughs> 